Turn to, um, turn to Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6 here at Riverside. We choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of prophecy. They're divine, not human in origin. You might say, preacher, why do you repeat that every Sunday? It's because we need to remember it every day. That the Bible is not something made up. It's not written on a whim. It's not Asab's fables. Um, you notice over in many communist countries, they outlaw the Bible, but they don't outlaw the Aesop's fables because the Bible is life-changing. The stories found in Aesop's fables, fables, they also, they will tell you little uh, little antidotes to help you to be a better person, but the Bible will actually change who you are, amen, that you must be born again. We also believe here at Riverside in Sola Scriptura. As you know, we got a business meeting coming up in, uh, on September the 30th here at Riverside, but the business meeting will not be held in the bounds of Robert's rules of regulations. It will be held in the shadow of Scripture that we love one another, that we speak kindly, one, forgiving one another. Amen. That's how you have a business meeting. It's a shame when we have to step outside the scope of the Bible and put regulations on people's behaviors when they just read their Bible to change who they are and they'll speak differently to each other. Amen. Amen. So I'm just doing a preemptive strike. Amen. I'm not saying that we have bad business meetings here for the last four years since I've been here. I don't think we've had a bad one. I don't think we've had anybody hijack anything or hurt anybody, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happened before just because I hadn't been here for four years. It might have happened in the past, but sometimes we just need to be reminded that the sola scriptura, which is the Bible, the Bible alone is our highest authority, not our opinion, not what we think, not who's in the White House, not FEMA, not the government, not the mayor, but the Bible is our highest authority. Amen. Not our spouse, not the culture, but the Bible. We also believe in sola fide. It's a Latin phrase that means faith and faith alone. We have faith and confidence and trust in something, but that something is not a something, it's a someone, and it's Jesus Christ. Sola Christus, Christ and Christ alone. We have faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what He accomplished. We are saved by works, the works of Jesus, not our works. Amen, somebody. We also believe in sola gracia, Latin phrase that means grace and grace alone. We are simply saved by grace. Amen. That, 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 that we are saved simply on the merit of God showing mercy and grace towards us as sinners. We also believe in sole deo gloria, a Latin phrase that means God's glory and His glory alone. That means this past Sunday, whenever things kind of went sideways before service, and that we won't, we didn't have any singers, and we were like, "Well, what are we going to do?" Well, we did it for God's glory. Tracy was cooking chicken for God's glory. I was preaching for God's glory. Miss Barbara was putting together, and Brother Danny was putting together an honorary service for those in our community for God's glory. The landscaping was done for God's glory. The new mums in the corner, the rose on the piano was for God's glory. The cornbread that was bought was for God's glory. The bread that was brought here to put into place was for God's glory, not for us, but to your name be alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody for your glory alone. But it just don't happen on Sundays. Hear me down. It's an everyday thing. It's when you open your eyes in the morning and you slide off the bed and your feet touch the ground. It's for God's glory. When your grandkids come over, it's for God's glory. When you cook and supper, it's for God's glory. Amen. Somebody. It's just not something we do on Sundays and Wednesdays. If your baby be sitting and you lay your hands or you're, you're, you're changing a diaper it is for God's glory. If you're swinging a hammer on the job, it's for God's glory. No matter if you're in a cubicle or you're on a roof, putting in a new roof, no matter if you're under the hood of a car, it's for God's glory. Amen. So tonight we see this sola deo glory. And tonight will be no different as we look in Joshua chapter number 6 for God's glory. That's why the children of Israel have been in the wilderness for 40 years for God's glory. Even though it was their disobedience, it kept them in the wilderness. But God still gets glory when people are dis disobedient. God still gets glory when a sinner goes to hell and when a saint goes to heaven. Either way, God gets glory. And you will not deny Him of that. You will not take that from him. He will get glory in the eternal, eternal, eternal timeline. And when you're burning and frying in hell, God still receives glory because that shows that He is just and holy and righteous and good. And even though you might be at the foot of His eternal throne weeping, saying, why am I even here? I can't even believe that He saved a wretch like me. God still gets glory either way. Amen. So we look in Joshua chapter number 6. I do hope you follow along.
along with me. It's not a good sermon if you don't have your Bible open and following along with the preacher. We saw last, last Wednesday... We saw the commander of the Lord's army, which was a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, simply go online to riversidefwb.com and you can listen to that sermon where we talked about Jesus who was walking the earth because He's the Ancient of Days. They call Him that for a reason, that He was from the Ancients of Days. Before there was days, there was God and His name was Jesus. We saw in Genesis chapter 18 that He walked with Abram on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah and He spoke with Abram talking about if there's just 40 righteous there will you burn down the city and he gets them all the way down to 10 and Jesus being merciful as he is of course said if there's just 10 righteous people there I will spare the whole city and of course there was not 10 righteous people there and the 3 that were there well the 4 that were there that, that, that God saved he took them out by hand the angels pulled them out of the, uh, the wretched sinful city and one look back and we know we call her a pillar of salt today but the the son, the Lot and his, his daughters are now pulled out of a, a city of destruction by the hand of God because God in His nature saves sinners even if it's against their will. Let, let me go ahead and explain. Sometimes we don't even want to be saved and God saves us. Ooh, it, don't, be, don't lie to the preacher here on a Wednesday night. Sometimes you had a lot of fun in your sin. You look back and you think, well, I must have lost my mind when I lived that way. I was intoxicated by that sin. All while it was ruining me, I had a lot of fun in the middle of it, but it was killing me and sending my soul to hell. But Jesus in His mercy saved a wretch like me. That's a different sermon tonight. We saw where here Joshua was speaking to the commander of the Lord's army. We know that's Jesus because here Joshua in chapter number 5 bows down and worship this person. And we know that angels don't accept worship. That only the wicked, the devil, and all his demons and his legions of armies who, who, who deceive people by idol worship, they accept worship. But God's, God's army, God's angels, and His people don't accept worship, but only God does. We've already looked at that. But tonight we're looking at the fall of Jericho here in Joshua chapter number 6. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. Now you might think that this was a good idea for Jericho, but their hearts were melting because they heard about the passing over Jordan. Not only is this miraculous that they got through the Jordan without any pontoon boats or john boats or without any canoes, without even any scuba gear. They got across that river that was swollen at the banks at this festival time, at the harvest time, whenever the, the banks would overflow and go into the inlands and make the land fertile, that God and His majesty and his power caused the children of Israel to walk across on dry land. Now they heard about the miraculous work because we spoke about last week how rumors can get around the world two times before the truth puts his boots on in the morning. We hear how rumors can get... Have you ever heard the, the rumor and it's about you? and say, well what else did I do? Go and keep going because you were excited. You was about you. Have you ever... No, it's just the preacher. Okay. But here we see that the people at Jericho have already heard that they're on their way so they shut it down. They're in quarantine. I don't know if they're walking around in masks or whatever but it's also a sign of arrogance because they're hiding behind their walls. See, the city of Jericho was not only just a walled city, it was a double-walled city. The archaeologists have pointed to the fact that the outer wall was about six foot thick, but then there was another wall on the, out, on the other side, on the inside of that wall, that was 12 foot thick. And they put beams across the two walls and put houses on top of the, on top of the wall. So they were secured. They're fortified. There ain't nobody getting in here. So it could have been I'm sure they probably looked over the wall and laughed. <laughs> Who rang that bell is probably what they said. And looked at whoever was out there and scoffed at them. They didn't come out or go in. Now, the only way you probably could get inside this city was uh, to besiege it. That's just a fancy way to lock it down to make sure there's no trade going inside or outside. That nobody inside would be able to eat. But that would last for months. They probably had a water source, probably a well that was deep because that's how you, you build a city. 
And not to mention the fact that the Jericho was up at a higher elevation. That they were up on a slight hill. So to ascend up to Jericho, you're already at a disadvantage. If you're going up to the walls, you have to fight your way uphill all while trying to dodge archers or anything that's being thrown from the top of these walls. So they're locked down. We see here in Jericho's locked down in Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. And now we see in verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with his kings and mighty men of valor. Notice in verse 2, he, said, he doesn't say, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't say, you got to put it on layaway like you do at Kmart. Well, y'all remember Kmart back in the day. You, when Christmas was coming, you put it on layaway around, uh, or if you was poor like me, you did it in July and try to get to December. But you, he says, he didn't say, you're going, to, you're going to get the city. He says, I've already given it to you. How would that make you act? And would you walk a little differently if God had already told you that you're going to be a victor? Well, would you face whatever battles that you're going to face a little differently? Would you speak a little differently? Would you walk a little differently? I didn't say that it would be easy. Many times we face things in our lives. It is hard whether you're laying on the hospital bed or you're laying a loved one in the dust and you have to deal with depression. Whether you're broken on the inside and your body is broken on the outside. No matter where you are, but you can understand that God will give you the victory even through it all. Will it change the way you look at it? Will it change the fact that it was going to rain on your parade today, but God is being faithful to you and help you through the rain? Come on, somebody. Will, will it change the fact that God has already told Joshua and his people, I've given you the city? He doesn't tell them to figure it out. He doesn't tell them to dig a tunnel under the ground to get inside the walls. He doesn't give them uh, some kind of uh, tangible plan. In fact, he, gives them, he tells them to do something that's illogical, that don't make no sense. A lot of times whenever God tells you to just peace, be still, and trust in me, it don't make no sense. When you want to take up these hands and let your fist fly whenever you want to fight or, or, or retaliate because that makes sense. That's what you do in a fight, amen? But simply, sometimes God says, be quiet, I got this. Sometimes if you just run your mouth and you slow things down or, or even uh, whip yourself up in a frenzy when God's telling you, peace, be still. We see a formidable opponent, but God says, See, I have given you the city of Jericho into your hand. It is God who does it. It ain't, it ain't because, Joshua, that you have a, a degree in military strategies. It's not because of, you come from a long line of, of, of generals. It's because I'm God and I bless who I bless. And I tear down who I tear down. It ain't always fair. Favor ain't fair. Let's just be honest. Sometimes God just blesses you. and you don't, you, Why? Why are you blessing me? And all that does is tear you down to your knees and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Amen. Here he says, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. That there's somebody ruling there. But you will pull down his dominion. And I will reign there. It's the fact of the matter is God is going to conquer this place. But He's going to do it through the obedience of the people. That's how God operates. Many times we pray that, God, will you do something? Will you do something about this? Many times we're the key. You must understand that we have to put legs on our prayers sometimes. Sometimes we got to go over to invite the relative to come to church that we know is lost. Now rest assured that, that, that they might turn you down or they might come with you. Either way, this, the gospel has been presented, presented towards them and you have invited them to church. They might be sitting over there saying, they've never invited me to church. They've never even considered my eternity. They must not really believe what they, what they say they believe because they're not concerned about me. And I'm living like I'm on the highway to hell. And they're, they're not even concerned so we see here, he says that he will give him the king, the kingdom, and the mighty men of valor. In verse 3, you shall march around the city and all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for, the, do for six days. You want me to do what, God? 
Do you see this fortress? You want me to simply walk around it? What? You don't want me to get my pikes? You don't want me to get my arrows ready? What you're telling me to do is get my walking shoes on? Is that what you're telling me? God, I don't really think you understand the situation. I know you're on the throne above the heavens and you look down upon the hearts of men and you see everything, but I don't think you're quite wrapping your head around what we're facing here, God. Y'all ain't never done that, have you? Just a preacher. The faith comes in the walk. Let me say that again so you'll grasp it. The faith comes in the walk. What do you mean, preacher? What do you mean? Sometimes you just got to walk with Jesus. Amen. You don't need to fight. Sometimes just walking with Jesus. And when you're walking with Jesus, you, you can tell Him all your problems and your troubles. <laughs> and He'll listen. But it's best if we listen to Him. Here He says that you shall march, march around the city and all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Six days walking around the city. I feel like we're wasting our time, Joshua. Shouldn't we be sharpening our swords? Shouldn't we just be getting a strategy together? Send some ninjas through the windows or something? Can't you gotta get you gotta you gotta pull yourself together, Joshua? I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not too confident about what you're doing here. But Joshua's simply doing what God called him to do. And you must remember in the previous verse he spoke with the hosts. The Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. And we don't see here that, that the Jesus told him to do this. We just see here that Joshua was telling the people, here's what we're going to do. But somewhere in there, God has told Joshua what he should do. In verse number 4, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, horns going before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow their trumpets. And when they shall make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Here Joshua was giving instructions to the people. And it sounds crazy. You mean we're going to holler real loud and the walls are going to fall? Okay. Alright, let's get our sandals on. I'm sure maybe some of them walked around uh, walked around Jericho rolling their eyes. And I'm probably sure some of them scoffed. But the majority of them, they didn't. How do I know? Because they just crossed the Jordan and it was dry. They just came out of the 40 years of the wilderness and God provided for them. Uh, but I'm sure some of them still rolled their eyes. But it's only because they rolled their eyes because they have spiritual amnesia. They forgot where God has brought them from and through. I, I promise you here at Riverside, there are those who scoff and they roll their eyes. And even in fact, Sunday somebody told me, I told you nobody was going to hardly come, up, come to a homecoming. I told you. And I said, amen, okay. But we gave out 80 chicken plates and people heard the gospel. You sure didn't hear the gospel Sunday, amen. And I preached my heart out and people served. In fact, somebody was in the parking lot and, and somebody was giving them a plate of food. They said, well, I bet you won't, you won't expect them to come to work today. And that person, they said, no, I'm just glad to be here. I, I, I wish they responded and said, no, I come to serve. I, I come to serve. Did you hear me? I, I, that's why I come to serve. Amen. That person had a different mindset. They had forgotten where God has brought them from. And they were critiquing and they were picking and they were just jabbing at somebody. And they said, no, I came to serve. Well, that other person was coming to be served. Amen. That's not why we come. We come to serve the Lord God Almighty. That's why we call it. That's why we call it. Sunday service. We call it Sunday service. Amen. Not serve us. Uh, Lord, let, let me serve you. Amen. But, but, but that's beside the point. They were walking around and then on the seventh day, they're to walk around seven times and the priest shall blow their trumpets. In verse number five, and then they shall make a, a blast with the ram's horn and you when you hear the sound of a trumpet and all the people shall shout with a great shout the wall of the city shall fall flat 
and people shall go up and everyone straight before him. Now you notice that the people shouted before the walls fell. Y'all see that, right? The walls didn't just fall and did they decide to go give God a praise. Ah, they didn't do that. That's not how it works. They gave him a praise before he even moved. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, before you even touch my body, I want to go ahead and tell you thank you. Lord, before you help me through my hard times, I see that the valley's in front of me and it's going to get mighty dark, but I know you'll never leave me or forsake me. Lord, whenever my mind is shattered and I can't pull myself together, I know that you're tethering me and you're holding me together. Lord, I want to go ahead and tell you thank you. I want to go ahead and tell you keeping your hands on my children. I want to go ahead and give you glory for holding me. Lord, but whenever the storm is wrecking me, Lord, I want to go ahead and give you praise before it gets too dark. Hallelujah. Praise your righteous name. For you are the God of the ages. There's none like you. You're high and lifted up. Your ways are not my ways. And my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Here he tells the people before the walls even fall, before you even conquered the land, go ahead and give him praise because what do you expect whenever God moves on your behalf of course you're going to praise it or you might not it's happened before let's be honest we just considered that it was a, uh, an act of nature it was an act of, of mother nature and we don't give God credit but he wants to get the credit up front go ahead and praise him for touching that lost one or touching your mind go ahead and give him glory for bringing you through COVID-19 many people think that the Bible says fear COVID-19 but it says fear the Lord amen somebody before the walls even fall they say give them a shout of praise I'm not telling you to go home and walk around your house seven times that ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about uh, go ahead and praise him now God thank you Thank you for healing my marriage. Thank you for helping me in my singleness. Lord, thank you for helping me raise my children. Help me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me raise my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord, for helping me through this hard time. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Notice it won't just a muffled shout or a half shout. It says a great shout. And you might wonder why sometimes you might be in church and people up front, you really don't get to see it. But sometimes when the preacher's preaching and I'm shucking and I'm preaching, somebody will throw up their hands and somebody will jive. And I'm not saying they're trying to draw any attention because you don't even see it, but the preacher sees it. And I mostly sometimes know why they're doing it. It's because God has brought them through. Sometimes God has held on to them. You don't know why they're giving a great shout. You might not even hear them say anything, but God sees them giving Him praise. God knows that they're giving Him credit. They know that God has brought them through and they're giving Him all praise and all honor. Amen. Amen. It says with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall flat. Not that it will will crumble like the World Trade Center. If you've seen the video, the World Trade Center just crumbled down. It will fall flat. That it went from the inside, because archaeologists have studied this. They've gone to the site and dug up the area that the bricks and the blocks that were in in this this great mound of wall, that it was pushed from the inside out. That God was on the inside and pushed it out because He didn't want His people to even climb over any rubble. Like there will be no idea, there will be no, no people being skeptical and say, well, an earthquake just happened to happen at that moment. That God pushed the walls down. That the people can simply go around the, bl- the bricks and the stones to go and to conquer the city. Have you ever been in a situation like that where God simply got glory? That it was just God who did it. Well, it was a good. I had a good lawyer. Amen. I had a good doctor. I, I got Geico. That's really how I made it through. Unemployment brought me through. I got a good psychiatrist preaching. Let me just tell you, that's how I made it through. I, I know somebody at the DMV who got me out of that trouble. I, I, I tell you, if it weren't for my brothers and my sisters or my church, some, let's be honest with you, uh, I, I understand that we're a congregation and we're a family, but sometimes there's trouble comes that even your family can't get you out of. Uh, I'll I'll say it again. There's some trouble that you go through that even your family can't get you out of. 
And only God. Only God. Amen. Only God. Thank you for it, Lord. The walls will fall flat. In verse number 6, So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Now they're supposed to be noisy. They're supposed to be loud. And he said to the people, Go forward. March around the city and let the, the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. Now, we see that these priests, nowhere in Scripture do we see that the priests were to go into march into war. They're usually exempt. They're supposed to stay at the place of worship. But here, God puts the priests in the middle of the battle. And they're bearing the Ark of the Covenant, which is another way of saying God's promise. And they're being loud for the rest of the people not to say anything. And these seven priests are walking with the Ark of the Covenant and the men of war are ahead of them in verse number 7. That they're to go and to plow the road to say, to, to, to basically put it plainly. They're to move every obstacle as the priests are to walk. That they're blowing the trumpet continually as they walk around the city. That many times in ministry, if you're in ministry, you understand. The truth is you're all in ministry, let's be honest. I know you're a church member, but you're really a minister. That you minister in your ministry, whatever it is, however you do it. That you're not just a member of Riverside Church, that you carry a membership card like you go to Sam's in your wallet. That's not how this works at all. That we're ministers. But there are those that are also around you in ministry that clear the road for you. Not everybody's called to preach. But everybody's called to reach. Amen? Everybody's called to reach. And that Sometimes when the preacher is coming to the pulpit to preach, that you're one that nobody sees to make sure that the place is dusted. That you're clearing every obstacle. That you're one who pays the bills after it's been given. So you're not called to the preacher sing, but you've been called to give. As we were going to talk about coming up uh, this Sunday, that in the body there are different members in the body. There's different parts of the body that make it whole. And if you're not part of the body, you're probably dead. What do you mean, preacher? Well, if I were to take my pinky and for some reason it gets sliced off my body and it lays over here, I'm still alive. But that part that's severed is dead. Do you understand that you're called to be a part of the body? That there's different parts within the body. That the neck can't be jealous of the knee. They all support the frame. But there's not, there's not two heads of a body. I see I'm messing up. I'm telling you all the good stuff from Sunday. But if you had a two-headed church, that's not a good thing. That's a monster. Have you ever seen a two-headed monster walking around? That's a monster. That's not a, a sailing body. There's just one head and his name is Jesus. Amen. There's only one leader and his name is Jesus. And he orders everything up under him. Amen. But that's, that's something else that we'll get to that. But we see here that the men march with the priests and they clear the way because they have business to handle too. Everybody does what they're supposed to do. Just like Sunday. I couldn't tell you. I, I was surrounded by incredible people. I, I, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. People like Brother Danny and Miss Barbara had their stuff together. Tracy was in the back and he also did double duty, came and did the computer. Let's give credit where credit is due. Those who clean the grounds, thank you. You did it for God's glory. Tracy flipping chickens and his assistants were doing that. While I was sharing the gospel, people went home full of faith and a belly full of food. Thank you, Jesus. All for His glory. Not that our names will be made great. Not that people pat us on the back. But you do it for God's glory and His glory alone. The mums on the corner of the property look wonderful. They're exquisite. I'm thankful that somebody took time to put them out. Out here the sidewalks were swept God did it for his God had his people do it for his glory the bathrooms were clean for his glory oh to bring people in to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ so I, I want to go ahead and ask you how's your ministries doing how how's your ministry whether it's scrubbing the toilet or cutting the grass whatever it is how's it going and is it for his glory or is it for you to get a, a pat on the back 
to make sure everybody knows you did it. To make sure everybody knows that it's all about you. But we here, we say church ain't for us. It's for His glory. Amen. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful you get it. There's a lot of churches that don't. There's a lot of churches when they have a business meeting that people stand up and make sure that their voice is heard and their opinion is pressed on to the masses and their preferences are taken up because they believe it's their church that they died on the cross to save the people. But no, not here at Riverside. It's for His glory and His glory alone. I take pride in knowing that you don't know a lot about me because there's a lot of churches where the preacher stands in the pulpit every Sunday and all he talks about is himself. Talks about his favorite restaurants, who he's going to vote for, who you should vote for. Talks about his favorite food, how his week went. When you step in at Riverside, I do hope all you hear is Bible. And all you hear is God's Holy Word ringing in your ears, changing your heart. You shouldn't be well acquainted with me, but well acquainted with the lover of your soul whose name is Jesus Christ. Not Kevin Phillips. Amen. Not that I don't love your soul. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you, he died for you. Amen. Here, he has the priests going around ahead of the people, and the people go ahead of the the people go ahead of men of war and make a path for the ark, and the trumpets are to be blown. And verse number eight, and as just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets. With the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. Now I've thought about this thing because I, I've preached and if, if, you, if you notice that I don't just sit up here and conversate. I don't have lectures. I, I preach. That's the only way I can. I only have, got one gear and it's go. And I've been up here and I preach so hard before my head get dizzy and I turn red and I can feel my lungs burning. But if you're a singer, you kind of understand that it's the diaphragm. It's what's the muscles in your chest that help you carry a note or a melody. And you can feel that burn as you're singing. Uh, I, I thought about it. I'm, I, it's possible that it doesn't say it, but as they're blowing the horn, I don't know if every all seven of the people, all seven of the priests blew the horn all together or if they took turns in, in a circle blowing the horn. I don't really know, but the, the, the fact is that the horn was being blown. That the attention was being drawn to the ark. That they weren't trying to draw attention to themselves. Yeah, people might say Kevin's arrogant. But sometimes whenever I preach about somebody and how mighty God is, it's not arrogance, it's bragging. And it's telling the truth about how wonderful and grand God is. Let me just tell you, it's not, it's not arrogance if it's true. It's God. It's God who reigns. It's God who conquers. It's God who's everlasting to everlasting. Amen. There drawing attention. You'll notice here that he tells him to blow the trumpet, but the people are not to say anything. They're not to, to distract from the fact that they're walking around in a conquering circle around Jericho. In verse number 9, the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard as they were walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. I really like verse 9, and let me tell you why. As they're walking with the ark, there's a rear guard. Let, let me explain. They, they, watch, they watch the priests back. Amen. That's okay. You, don't, you might not get it, but let me, let me tell you from this point of view. As of somebody who's in a place of ministry, many people will try to attack you from behind. And God will put people in your life to watch your back. Thank you. I know who you are and I might not know. There are people who pray for the preacher. Let's behold. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad that somebody prays for me because there's sometimes when I can't even pray for myself. And I know I have a great mediator in heaven who prays for me. But it's good to know that somebody, like this past Sunday, I poured my heart out. And you can, it's just my personality. I crash hard after a big event like that. I just say, well, what was the point? I, I get down. And I had people messaging me that sermon today was wonderful. That what you said was great. I, it was right on point, right on time. And I had critics emailing me too. And don't be wrong, but I'm so thankful that they're here, they're, that you're here, and some of them aren't here tonight, but they watch the preacher's back, and I'm thankful. There are many who will gossip about the preacher, and I'm working on them. Don't give up on them. One day they will, they will preach the gospel more than they gossip. Amen. Somebody. God's going to work on them. Amen. He'll, he'll change them. But but here he says that they, they're the rear guard. 
They watch the priests back. That's their position. They're all right. They don't have to be up front. They'd rather not be up front. And I tell you, you got to be built for it. Not everybody can stand in front of a crowd, talk about anything, let alone the Lord. Amen. So thank God for the rear guard. And sometimes when the rear guard lets you down, it's okay. God's got my back. Amen. That's all right. Don't, don't worry that if you let me down and you don't pray for me you, or you stab me in the back. God's watching my back as well as yours. Don't worry if you ain't got nobody to depend on or you don't know if anybody's praying for you for we have a great high priest is what the Bible says who who ever lives to mediate for us that means he always prays over us glory to his holy name and now we see in verse number 9 the armed men were walking before the priest were blowing the trumpets and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually that they were making a noise. Riverside, we're making a noise. I don't know if you know it. Me and Tracy like to joke around and say, we're the tallest pine tree in the swamp out here at Riverside. That there ain't many churches around here. But we, we touch at least six counties through TV. I, I can't even tell you how many people we reach through radio right there in the Pikeville. I can't even tell you how many people we feed every week over in Fremont. There's a lot of churches that are beautiful, immaculate, and spotless, but they ain't doing nothing for God. Come on. I'll just be honest with you. It's a, it's a country club is what they are. They're scratching each other's back, making each other feel good. But we're on the trenches. We're touching people's lives, telling people about Jesus Christ. I can't even tell you how many thousands of downloads that our, our podcasts have got where people hear our sermons. You, you might say, well, what's a podcast? Is that something that grows in a field? No, it's something that you use on your phone that people can download our Sunday sermons that hear the gospel being preached preach and that's because of the work here at Riverside that God has equipped us and I'm thankful for it. We see here that the ark is surrounded by people who are making a lot of noise. There's people who are guarding the presence of God and guarding the priest. I'm thankful for that here at Riverside. But Joshua commanded in verse 10, when you shall, you shall not shout or make her, her, your voice heard, neither shall you go out of your, any words will go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. Verse 11, So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going around it once. And it came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Notice in verse 12, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. Let this be a testament much like Jesus. Jesus rose early in the morning because there's work to be done. If God has called you to something, no matter what it is, be diligent and faithful about it. Even if nobody sees it. Even if nobody knows that you're doing it. He rose early in the morning. He had a big task ahead of him. So he rose up early. Early, He set his heart on what God has called him to do. And we are to follow suit. And the priest took up the ark of the Lord in verse 13 and seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns became, came for the ark of the Lord and walked on and they blew the trumpets continually and the armed men were walking before them and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually now I don't know if you've ever blown a shofar that's what that ram's horn is called and I can tell you, it takes some deep lungs to get even a, a, a slight sound. So these seven priests were walking and they were guarding around them, plowing the way for them. And on the second day they marched around the city, verse 14. And they did for six days is what it says. And then we get to the seventh day in verse 15. They rose early. Now I want you to understand on verse 15, this is the Sabbath day. Because in seven days, these Jewish believers had to come across the Sabbath day at this point. And most likely, this is it. The day of victory. But it's also a day of rest. But we can see that they're going to work. Because they'll walk around seven times today. Seven, seven, uh, seven times as much as what they usually do. And on the seventh day they rose early. At the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. You might say, what's so magical about the number seven? Why not three and a half? Why not four? Why not one and a half or 4.5? Seven. What's so great about that number? 
It is the perfect number, but it's also the number God told him to walk around the city of Jericho. That's what he said do. He said walk around seven times. If he said walk around seven times, he meant seven times. Now we can break it down and say, well, numerology, yeah, it's the perfect number. What's the seventh commandment? We cross-reference that with the seventh day. And we look at Austria, we look at the, the Hebrew word and we break it down in Spanish. And we look at it backwards and use Bible code. But he said walk around seven times. So therefore the people were expected to walk around seven times. And God honored them for keeping his commandments. So if you love Jesus, you'll do what he says. What if I have to what you say? I kind of love you. I'm fond of you. I like you. I'll give you a like on Facebook. I'm a fan of yours. I'm not a follower. If Jesus said do this, don't compromise and don't have to do what he commands to show that you love. Let that be evidence that you love him. For if they walked around six times, they would have dishonored God. Even though they'd done it all week, once a, once a day. But if they walked around the seventh on the seventh day, six times, they didn't honor God. So they walk around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, verse 16, when the priest had blown the horn, Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from among the things devoted to destruction. Pay attention to verse 18. Least when you have devoted them, you shall take any of the devoted things and make up the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and being bring trouble upon it. Verse 19, But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They are to go into the treasury of the Lord. Joshua looks to the people and says, Everything is to be wiped out. Everything. Livestock, food, all the, anything within the city. The pottery, the drapes on the wall, everything. Rip it down and destroy it. For it is dedicated for destruction. But the gold and the silver, the things that are very valuable in the region, they are to be dedicated to the Lord. That there is not to be any personal profit whenever we conquer this. That it's not us plundering the nations just to pad our pocketbooks. In fact, children of Israel, what it's going to cost you is time and effort. You're going to get in there, you're going to fight the enemy, but their hearts are melting because God took the walls down. And they're easy prey for you, but still you've got to get up and move your legs. It's going to be an effort, is what he's telling Israel. But it's not for their benefit, for their, for their glory, it's for God's glory. For everything that's worth value goes into the treasury. That they're not to gather up the herds, they're not to gather up the animals to make sure they're rich. The reason I'm saying this is because some people use church as a means of profit. Whether it's somebody in the pulpit or the pew, they simply come to church to rub elbows with people so they can drum up business for their own personal business. No matter if you sell insurance or, or you're a car mechanic or you're a roofer or a plumber, you simply go to a big church just so you can have a clientele. And ought not to be. It should be attending for God's glory. Amen. In verse number 19, But the silver and the gold and every vessel and the bronze and the iron are holy to the Lord, and they shall be brought into the treasury of the Lord. In verse 20, no. So the people shouted, the trumpets blown, and as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they conquered the city. And they devoted all the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, ox and sheep and donkeys and all the edge of the sword. As you're slinging your sword and you're devouring destruction and destroying the city, you're going to see a lot of money being wasted in your opinion. But God commanded it this way. You might say, well, we spend a lot of money on radio out here at Riverside. And a lot of money. We really don't, but I'm just saying. We spend a lot of money on television. We spend a lot of money on internet outreach. We spend a lot of money. And where, where's it going? You might ask. Those things are devoted for God's glory. Just like the trumpet blasts 
They were made out of silver and gold. You might say, well, that, that, that would probably be better if that gold was melted down and put in as pews. It would make the, make the church look a little more, uh, more ornament and maybe more fancy. But God had prescribed exactly what He wanted. That all the donkeys and the sheep, the ox and the young and the old, both men and women were devoured by the edge of the sword. In verse 22, but to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the city of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it. Only the silver and the gold, the vessels of bronze and iron were put into the treasure of the house of the Lord. We see here in verse number 23 that Rahab and her family. You notice when you read there, you don't see where it says her husband. For she was a prostitute. However, later... She is found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She does marry. In fact, she marries somebody in the tribe of Judah. And now in that tribe of Judah, she's a direct descendant of Jesus Christ. Showing us that no matter who you are and what your reputation is. No, no, notice she's called Rahab the prostitute. There's people in our community and even people in that church tonight are known as Jim Bob the crackhead or Susie the alcoholic or Bob the anger, her angry daddy or whatever. That no matter who you are and what your reputation is, God is still able to use sinners. And you know why? Because that's all there is. That God used Rahab in this situation. That God even, even her, even her, if God can use a donkey, let me assure you, He can use you. Amen. Amen. Somebody might say a little different, but we're in church. Amen. Amen. And they burned the city with fire, in verse 24, and everything in it, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron were put into the treasure of the house of the Lord. You say, preacher, why do you keep reading that? Because it'll come up in the next chapter. There's a mighty victory here. God showed up in a mighty way. But when they get to Ai, it's not the same. For there's wickedness and wretchedness found within the tribe of Israel. Verse 25, But Rahab the prostitute in the father's house, and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she lived in Israel to this day, because she did hid the messengers whom Joshua sent out to spy out Jericho. Now we spoke about how she lied before. You remember, we spoke about how she lied to those in the city and even to the king. But we also spoke about how God deciphers and God decides the intentions of the heart. Many times people said the truth, but they had the intentions to hurt someone. But God sees that. So sometimes people lie. But an example would be Anne Frank. Many of you know who she is, and many of you might not. That she was hidden in Nazi Germany at the time. They were lying about her because she was of Jewish descent. And she hid in, a, in, a, in an attic so many years because the family were trying to find all the Jews to exterminate them. And they lied about her existence. Now, does God hold that against? them for they were lying about the existence of a family of Jews in the attic or is God going to show mercy looking at the intentions of the heart not always it's not always black and white let's be honest but we know for sure that the God of all creation will judge rightly amen sometimes you can say the right thing with the wrong intention amen that you can say something that's true just to hurt somebody with the intentions of tearing them down. Or you can say it in a way that will bring peace and mercy and out of love. Amen. Yeah, but it's up to God. It's not us to step back and look at Rahab. Well, she lied. She's a prostitute and she lied to the king of Jericho. Well, God saw all that and honored her because of her intentions and the submiss submitting to the, to the God of the people of Israel and honored her by putting her in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad that my the people what people think about me is not is not doesn't matter a hill of beans on where I'm going or what God's going to do with me. My life is in his hands and he decides. Amen. Amen.
With that being said, we'll look at verse 20, 26. Joshua laid an oath on them at the time saying, Cursed be the Lord be the man who raises up and rebuilds this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn shall he be legs foundation. At the cost of the youngest son he will set, shall he set up his gates. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all of the land. Now we know that God was always one to See, that's the difference between the God of Scripture, that He can tell the future. He also can look at the past, the present, and the future at the same time because He exists outside of time. That time cannot even hold Him. We're going through time, but God is not. He, he's not held by time. That's why we sing, He's an on-time God. Yes, he, is. He, ain't, he ain't held by the clock. As daylight savings time is coming, He, he ain't falling back or going forward. He ain't worried about that. He's God. He, even time can't stop him. But here we can see that, that the, the cost of foundation of this relaying of the city will come true in 2 Kings as there will be a king that will rise up to rebuild Jericho and it will cost him the life of his oldest and his youngest to resettle that city. But I want you to focus on verse 27. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in the land. It's not that Joshua was a, a, a strategic military genius. It's not that he had it all together and all figured out. The fact of the matter is from back when he was 40 years old and he came into the promised land as a spy. He simply look at the life around him through the lens of what God had promised him and the other spy with him. That they came with Joshua and Caleb. They went into the land and they saw the land and they look at it through the lens of the promises that God had gave them. They didn't see the giants. They didn't see the, the tall walls of Jericho. They saw what God could do because he said he would. I'm telling you church tonight that the fame that Joshua got is because he trusted simply in God. And he don't even care about the fame, let's be honest. He could care less. He only wants to make God's name famous. He only wants to make God's name known. That should be the point of every disciple of Jesus Christ. That you forget my name. That it's not about me. That my name ain't on anything. That it, it don't, my, it, It's not even mine anyway. He simply let me use it for a little while. No matter if it's the car I drive or the house I live in or the loved ones around me. That they're on loan because I'm simply passing through. This ain't my home. I, I'm not going to stay here very long. Maybe 80, 90 years, 100 or maybe. But I'm simply passing through through and I'll make much of his name because my name will go down maybe in a graveyard on granite and eventually the weather will wear it down and people will forget about me but the name of Jesus will go on and on and on and on Amen somebody I know it's 809 but you know what we got a lot of praise